when I finally got to sit down with some great mentors, uh, Scott Sambucci, Dan Morris, two people I still work with to this day. And oh, amazing. Had a amazing. profound impact on how I sell and how to really approach this as a craft. Because you're not selling. Sales is the outcome. You're actually opening doors and solving problems for people. If you approach it that way, you're on your way. So that would be a huge lesson. Solve, don't sell. But adding to it, the reason that a process is a good thing, as ugly and as uncomfortable as it can feel, is because when something does inevitably go wrong, we can isolate the constraint. So let's say, oh, I have a problem getting leads. Okay, cool. All right, we got leads fixed now. They're not converting. Okay, where are they not converting? Is it Are they not showing up for calls? Are we saying certain things that don't work? What is the problem and where is the problem? So that's why we want to isolate as many pieces and parts as we can and have those codified. Hey, it's Chuck here, and I'm so glad that you're listening to this episode. And I just want to take this quick moment right now to let you know about our free collaborators toolkit. And this episode is all about partnership and collaboration. And our guests share many resources, tools, and things that you can use to make collaboration and partnership easier in your business. So if you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, this free Collaborators Toolkit is going to contain the best resources from our workshops as well as contributions from our guests. And these tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for. And they're going to help you to solve everyday business challenges and access highly effective ideas that can help and grow your business exponentially. I know they've helped me and I know they're going to help you as well. And the best part about these tools is that they're completely free. And our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to the show. So you can get access to all of the resources contained inside the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting the website at www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Go ahead and register today, get access to all the resources, and I'm going to see you on the inside. Now, here's the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Creative Collaboration Show with Chuck Anderson, and this is the show where we uh, inspire you to look for creative ways to create partnerships and collaborations as a way to grow your business faster. So as a business owner and entrepreneur, you're probably always looking for those ways to grow your business. And one of the ways that we do that, obviously, is with sales. And whether you do all the sales yourself or you have a sales team or maybe a combination of both, as the business owner, as the entrepreneur, you are probably your best salesperson. Now, love it or hate it, sales is an inevitable part of the business. Uh, and we always like to bring in some experts and some great advice and strategies that can help you with that. So whether you do all the sales yourself or you have your team or some combination, you're really going to love this episode because I have sales training expert Stephen Steers with me here today, uh, who is someone I just met, but uh, is definitely an expert in his field. So first of all, Stephen, thank you for being on my show today. 
Thank you for having me, Chuck. It was a pleasure to meet you just a few short weeks ago, and it is a pleasure to be speaking with you here again today. Thanks. Well, I'm really excited, Stephen, to dive into you know the this whole topic. So I think a a great way to start this is how about if you do your introduction? I probably didn't do it justice, <laughs> right? It's like oh, sales, right? Yeah, it's a little bit vague. Pretty so much it. So, <laughs> so tell everybody a little bit more about uh, your company and yourself and what the work is that you do. I'm happy to. And again, thanks for having me on. So I'm Steven and the nexus of my work is they don't teach you sales in school. They do not teach you how to be confident and they don't teach you how to be out in the world and make a way for yourself, especially as a solo entrepreneur. But that's what I'm here for. So a little bit about the work I've done. I've been fortunate enough to work with a bit over 700 companies from 28 different countries, including Google, Nike, HEC Paris. I've worked with entrepreneurs from Entrepreneurs Organization and many others. And I'm super grateful that I get to do the work that I do. And I primarily do it because when I was coming up as a young salesperson, just didn't have the resource that I am. So I want to help people who don't have access to people who can help them avoid a lot of the knots on the head and the dings to your pocketbook, get past some of those things with some cool frameworks that might even be fun should we implement them the right way. So that's a little bit about what I do. Hmm. Well, sales is an inevitable part of business. I mean, we're always selling. Some people love it. Some people don't love it. And <laughs> some people are really good at it. Some people struggle at it. And there's there's uh, all of those things in between. And I love what you just said here about being the resource that you didn't get to have when you were first coming up. And you know that was so true for me as well. I remember my early days. Uh, I was indoctrinated very, very early by doing door-to-door -door sales in minus Hardest. forty winters, uh, which was and my sales pitch was basically like, "It's freezing. Can I use your washroom, please?" Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you just make them feel sorry for you, right? Which is uh, not the best sales technique, but it was a, a door opener of of a. Story. I get the door open. That's right. You got to get the door yeah. open, right? Like that's 90% of the battle. And then, you know, uh, making them feel sorry for you. That's the other, that's the other 10%. No, I know that's not what you teach. No, um, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about your origin story. Like how did it come to be like you got into sales and then now, you know, uh, you're, you're involved in helping people with their sales presentations. So how, do did, how did this the, happen? Do you want the short version or the entertaining version? Let's go with the, oh, I like entertaining. See, you, see, that's a loaded question. It's not short or long. It's short or entertaining. Let's entertaining. go with entertaining. That sounds like great fuel for a podcast. Indeed. <laughs> so I'm from New York City, born and raised. Uh, I'm currently in Mexico City because arbitrage is real. So shout out to Mexico City for having mm -hmm. me as well. And so I was in New York City and I was working in the construction business. My company would build high rises. So part of my job was to work in the field and make reports about all the components that we would install, file those reports. And if something was broken, you know, we could get paid again. It works out very, very well. And then the other half was in the office. So I'd work directly with the project managers and I was kind of the infield representative. And I would work directly with the union that we worked with, which was uh, local 580 iron workers. Shout out to those guys as well. And on one of the days I was working at the Baccarat Hotel, which is on 53rd Street and 6th Avenue. And I've been involved in that building since it was a hole in the ground. And at this point, probably three or so years after that point, it was a fully built building, 45 stories tall in the mid middle of Manhattan. The penthouse was on sale for $75 million. 
And uh, just to let you know how crazy that is, if I'm like six foot two, if I laid down and took up all the space that my body would take up square footage wise, the square footage added up to more than I was making in a year. So just let that <laughs> bend. Yeah, I have a visual. I have a visual. <laughs> yeah. So I'm at this job site walking with my foreman, Kenny, and people already moved into some of these apartments, $20 million, $30 million, et cetera. Big, big, expensive, uh, obnoxiously priced apartments. And so I just showed up in jeans, sneakers, and a hoodie to walk down into every room that I could and fill out my report. We make it down from the top floor of the roof all the way down to the construction entrance. And Kenny and I are, and are having a laugh. And he's like, all right, we should go to lunch. And he's like, show me pictures on his phone. And he taps me on the shoulder and is like, hey, let's go. And I take one step forward and a cement block falls directly where I was, I was standing. I missed it like that. Just barely. One step. I might not be here. Speak with you today. And so as I'm sitting there, like flabbergasted, confused and scared, Kenny says, and he's Panamanian. He's like, Papa, not everyone gets a chance like that. You're here for something. And I was like, huh. And so I lost my appetite. And then I just went on a really long walk around New York, just thinking about my life. And I came to the conclusion I was going to die. And if I was going to die, I should die doing something I wanted to do. And always the main thread back in this time, podcasts were still kind of new. So I remember listening to Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income podcast. And it's like working online. And I was like, I want to work online. Like, how do I do this? And I figured, well, I'm okay at talking with people. So maybe sales is the right thing that I should do. And quite frankly, you're probably not having many falling objects coming for your head if you're on a phone with talking to people. So I set about doing the as much as I could to figure out how to get a job in sales. Went to networking events, met people. And eventually that led me to becoming a, an SDR, sales development representative at a startup in New York. And that was a very difficult job because the first day I showed up, the manager said, all right, welcome. Uh, here's your list of companies. Get us some meetings. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, get us some meetings. Who do I talk to? What do I say? Figure it out. And again, that's not the way to welcome anybody into any company at all. But you know, I was hungry and I was like, this is what I want to do. And so I just went for it. I learned some things, asked some questions, sought training and stuff. And uh, that was somewhat of a short-lived experience. I think I was there for a bit over two, two years. And uh, they got rid of a lot of people on the team. And the founder, one of the founders sent me an email uh, after I got axed. Uh, that was basically like, hey, yeah, you got the short end of the stick here with regards to territory management and vertical. Too little, too late for sure. But uh, I hope that with uh, your work ethic, you will you should be a great seller should you continue to do that with your life. <laughs> and so, you know, I was out of that role and that just gave me a lot of thinking. And I was like, what a terrible way to run a company. Like, you know, stuff isn't going well. Why would you put people in that position? And just a quick aside here, People don't like sales for many reasons. And some of the reasons they don't like sales are one, that people don't do it well, that people are forceful, and that, quite frankly, salespeople aren't trained well. That's why they do it such a terrible way. So when I see founders that have built a company, maybe they've raised some money, and they look at stuff that's not working, and they just say, oh, yeah, somebody else has that. What are you doing? You've, someone's entrusted you with their professional career. You are a steward of their life as much as you are of anything else. So that's something worth paying attention to. So anyway, got the ax from that company. And then I was like, I know I'm good at this. I closed some big deals when I was there with no help, right? Just figuring it out. And I was like, what could I do if I had training? 
And so I sought out people and I got some good situations. And then that kind of landed me in a consulting role and running sales for a sales consulting company that worked with early stage startups. And kind of the rest is history from there. I put my nose to the grindstone. I listened, I practiced things and I got better and better. And I was like, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be done. And that has been one of the defining moments in my career. And I wouldn't change a thing. But again, uh, I didn't have that type of training and support. And I want to make sure others do so they don't have to deal with the, the BS and the soul searching that comes from entrusting people who don't hold up their end of the bargain. Yeah. Wow. I'm so glad we went with the entertaining <laughs> version of the story. <laughs> right. Because I think there was so many things that you said in there that are brilliant. I mean, who could relate to being thrown into a position or a job or a task or whatever with no instructions saying, here's your role, figure it out. Um, not many people can do that. Um, and so I, and I had a similar situation happen to me. So, so I can definitely relate to everything you're saying. And you did, right? It's sink or swim. You could have bailed and said, no, nah, this is not for me. But instead you figured it out and got some results. And even though it didn't last long, sometimes that's, the, the universe's way of guiding us to the next step, right? And so that's it. It always lines up in reverse. Yeah. Well, right. When we look backwards, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this today because I did this, because I did this, because I did this. And uh, yeah, that would be a great episode one day. We'll just do the like the whole like reverse engineering all of our uh, businesses. And, and that's a, a whole one. other show. Uh, so, so. What were some of the things that you learned? So you're thrown into this job and, you know, now you've you've learned what it took to sell your your training other people. So uh, what were some of your your the things that you learned and some of the takeaways from that experience that can help others that are, you know, um, maybe mistreating their, you know, and I. And I don't mean like you're a bad person mistreating your employees, but if you're hiring a salesperson saying go sell, yeah, you should probably have a little bit more in place. And uh, or if you're bit. doing the sales <laughs> yourself and it's not really working out, um, there might be some missing pieces there as well. So, so Stephen, what were the, some of those takeaways and and that helped you succeed? Yeah, this is a huge question. I think when I finally got to sit down with some great mentors, uh, Scott Sambucci, Dan Morris, two people I still work with to this day. And oh, amazing. Had a amazing. profound impact on how I sell and how to really approach this as a craft. Because you're not selling. Sales is the outcome. You're actually opening doors and solving problems for people. If you approach it that way, you're on your way. So that would be a huge lesson. Solve, don't sell. But adding to it, the reason that a process is a good thing as ugly and as uncomfortable as it can feel is because when something does inevitably go wrong, we can isolate the constraint. So let's say, oh, I have a problem getting leads. Okay, cool. All right, we got leads fixed now. They're not converting. Okay, where are they not converting? Is it, are they not showing up for calls? Are we saying certain things that don't work? What is the problem and where is the problem? So that's why we wanna isolate as many pieces and parts as we can and have those codified. So now if you're a founder who's selling, you may have the gumption to potentially get out of founder-led sales and hire folks to sell. That's awesome. I think that's a laudable thing to want. But you can't hire someone in to just figure it out because you've set 
terrible <laughs> expectations for that person and for yourself and for your business. Now, again, some people will figure it out. They'll know what to do and they'll get it. But that still hasn't given you a system to hire someone. And so the way I would describe this is there's a difference between business development and sales. If you're hiring someone to figure it out, you're hiring someone to do business development. And I define business development as someone who figures out what people are are buying, how they want to buy what you have to buy, and then commercializing that thing. And if we do that enough, then we can graduate that to sales. Sales is a system and a process that you get people into work because you know it works and they can just run with that to the bases and the races. So those would be some of the biggest learnings that I got when I was there and a whole bunch of others. But I think uh, probably the button or the bow on the entire experience is if you want something, you're going to figure out how to do it. And I knew I wanted to have my own business and I was willing to do whatever it took to do that. And uh, no matter what support or lack of support I got, it's going to be here figuring it out. And that's what brings me to where we are today. Yeah. Amazing. You know, there, I'm sure there's a lot of mistakes that business owners and entrepreneurs are making in their business, whether it be their own sales or be with their team. Uh, I think we've kind of touched a little bit on some of them already, but, but I like to just shine light on it because like you said, selling is about solving problems but it's also about overcoming mistakes as well, right? And so when you become sure. aware of something, then you can do something to fix it. Because I hear this all the time, Stephen, uh, where it's like, oh, you know, like my, I'm no good at selling or my say, you know, my stuff isn't selling or I need to create this new thing or whatever. And whenever I hear somebody saying they're creating a new thing, I'm like, well, what's wrong with the old thing, right? So. And so many times when I've unpacked that, it's that, well, there, there was an old thing that isn't selling really well. So then we get the shiny object, right? We, we start Love going towards a new thing. And then, oh, this thing is going to do better than that thing. But we haven't really solved the problems of that thing. And so we're just doomed to repeat the same cycle over and over and over again. And Absolutely. so I'm wondering if you could speak to that a little bit. And what are some of the mistakes that you're noticing when you work with companies and with founders uh, on their sales? Like, what are, what are you noticing some of the mistakes are being made? Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned that. My dad always says, remember, wherever you go, there you are. So just because oh. you change the <laughs> wrapping or the, the weather, you're still that person. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But I think we need to approach fresh places with fresh eyes as well. So I think one of the biggest mistakes for me, and I'm a big, big proponent of this, every founder and almost every salesperson, you should be recording your calls. Now, why is that? Especially on a founder side, you're wanting to improve enough to where you can get out of selling. You, want to, you don't want to do it anymore. That's totally fine. But you can't just wing it and then hope somebody comes in and can wing it as well as you wing it because no person you hire will ever care as much about your business as you do unless you give them a piece of it, which is another conversation entirely. So when I say record your calls, this is a great thing so you can improve yourself so that you can then hire someone in who knows how you talk to your customers, what questions you ask, and how much clarity you provide to them with direct examples that they can study to be prepared for their role. On the flip side of that, if you're welcoming someone into your company and you're taking the expense and time to hire someone, you want to make them feel accounted for and like they're going to stay at the company. Would you rather like, hey, figure it out or, hey, uh, you're a great salesperson. I've built this 
series of processes that we've worked together to get here. Should you follow these and make them better, here's how much money you can make and here's what you'll do for the business. Take a look at this, come back here with questions, and then you can kind of leverage that manual as a kind of course that helps them ramp up and ramp up even faster than you might've thought. And if you do that, then you're all making money, everyone's happy, and then you have less problems in your business because you've accounted for what's happening. So I'd say that's probably one of the biggest things I see. People don't have a process and then they hire someone and they hope knows a process, which 99% of the time just isn't the case, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I get why that happens. I mean, yeah. you know, as I moved from solopreneur into more entrepreneur, into more like business owner who has a team, that challenge of, okay, well, we don't really have SOPs because most small businesses don't have SOPs or even know what SOPs are. Um, and so like documenting your process, but if you yourself are have not documented what you do to sell your product how can you expect somebody else to come in and do that for you exactly. but it's kind of like what you said it's the difference between sales and business development you might very well be hiring someone to develop a sales process for you because maybe that's not your thing or and that's know, okay really, yeah right but call it what it is because yeah, if you hire the wrong thing, and do you see this as well? Like yeah. hiring the wrong thing, expecting the wrong result because, hey, this is not really sales. This is biz dev or vice versa. And I've been hired into roles where it's like, oh, you're going to do sales. And it's like, okay, cool. Doing my research on things. So who's our ideal customer? Uh, you know, all right. Why have people bought from us people in the past? People with money. <laughs> yeah. Why have people bought from us in the past? Well, I'm not sure about that. Okay. What type of roles do you typically target to go do this work? Uh, I, I don't know. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like, they're like, oh, where are the sales? Well, it's like, well, I got to figure out who the heck wants this thing and why they want it. That's going to take a little bit of time. I'm doing this work, but you don't know. So why would I know better than you, the founder? And I think that's just kind of, it's funny, but it's way more common than it needs to be. And that's going to keep me employed for a long time. So grateful for it. <laughs> now, I uh, this being a podcast and a YouTube video, uh, I can't see our audience, but I know that we have, you know, different reactions, ones that are like nodding, going, yep, absolutely rude. And there's the other ones that are going, oh, my God, that's what I've been doing, right? Like, that's what I need, or that's what the mistake I've been making, because um Look, sales is that inevitable thing, but you know, as solopreneurs, and I don't like the term, but we're 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 trying to move away from that, right? Like nobody really accomplishes anything significant on their own. There's always a team, there's always collaborators, there's always more people involved. You might even think of your clients or your customers as collaborators as well. So we never really accomplish anything alone. There's always more. Um, so but the, you know, the chronic do-it-yourselfer who's trying to move away. No. <laughs> this, was, this was me. Uh, you know, the chronic do-it-yourselfer who is trying to move away from doing everything themselves and then pass that on to someone else. And, you know, I, I remember very clearly the first time I was doing that, it's like, okay, I'd hire someone and then I wouldn't know. Okay, great. You're hired. Here we are. And it's like, I'm not prepared. It's like, what do I tell them to do? And 
how do I train them and all of this thing? And you realize, oh, no, like I need almost another week or two just to figure that out. And here they are sitting here ready to work. So um, is that kind of like the situation you find yourself walking into when when you're working with clients? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, there's it, it's, it's a spectrum, right? Some people have parts figured out. Some people don't have parts figured out. Uh, but I generally say the place that I jump in and check for is the sale call. If I listen to your sales call, I can tell a ton about your business. Mm. How are you setting? Like, why is your sales cycle longer than it needs to be? Why are you not converting as, as many deals as you can? Do you have a proper process that you could give to someone with the right questions? That's that's like one of the first scabs to peel and be like, ah, that's, that's a problem. So that's one of the places I usually check. The other side of this is it's a mentality. So I love a shiny object. I, I love a shiny object. Like I'm, they're amazing. They're so good, but because they're shiny, they're so shiny and they move. I know. Like they, they, oh man, <laughs> they, sh they shift shape and everything. It takes. There's another. There's many reasons why entrepreneurship is hard. Uh, there's a quote I want to share actually, or many quotes. I love quotes, but I, I've become friendly with one of the founders of Starbucks. His name is Zev Siegel. And he advises early stage startups. And he says, entrepreneurs usually start a business because they're good at something. That something isn't usually business. And I just <laughs> love that because we think that we have this game-changing way to change the way people do business or do something. And that's awesome. That's laudable. Like you're insane to think that what you have is something that people will want. And I support that entirely. And that's good. Like we need more people who have that mentality. But there is a method to this madness. And I've been victim to it as well. But as I've learned across the, the years, the like time will teach you many lessons. It's super important to get out of your own way and to have the mentality of I need to learn things from people who know better than me. That's been one of the game changers in my entire life and career always. But sometimes you're like, no, I'll figure this out on my own. And sometimes you can. But the other quote I like is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, which speaks to collaboration and its importance as well. Mm. Building upon what you just said, I think this is the perfect time to kind of, you know, tie in the theme of our show, which is collaboration, mm -hmm. because you just said it right there. I mean, you know, and we've been kind of talking about this. We don't really accomplish anything um, significant on our own. One of the reasons why I, I wanted to have you on the show is because, you know, the one of the things that we use these episodes for is to to help people find people to collaborate with. And, you know, because of your experience and everything, I think you're someone who's great to collaborate with, especially on on either the sales training side or even the sales process development side. And we've been we've we've talked about those two things. So so a couple of questions. One is yeah. how has partnerships and collaborations played a role in the growth of your business? Dude, this is a really heavy one for me in so many ways. So the first thing I'd say is once you realize that you can't do it on your own, there are people who are really good at the things you're not good at and just want to do them. Mm -hmm. What a load off. And again, I'm still working through certain portions of this in my stage in business, but it's like, oh, I can just have that done. Like, what does that free up for you? So there's, I say for any task, there's probably like three or four different levels of it. There's uh, this task needs to be done. There's the mental anguish of doing it. And then there's getting it done. That's well enough to have it go out. You can outsource all of that. 
<laughs> to someone who's way better at it. And then you have brain power to do what you're best at. Mm-hmm. So there's a book, uh, I think it's uh, the 80-20 of sales and marketing by a guy named Perry Marshall. And he breaks out $10, $100, $1,000, and $10,000 an hour tasks and what you should be concentrating on as an entrepreneur. And obviously, you should be spending most of your time, as much time as possible, on the $10,000 an hour tasks. So if you did a task audit for all the things that you do in your business or don't do in your business, you're probably on the $10 and $100 hour tasks more than you're anywhere else. And just frankly, you're not going to grow. So if, if you want to grow, if you want to get out of your own way and build something that you're really proud of, it's going to take getting people in who are better at you than the things you think are shiny objects that you should learn. And again, there's a, there's a spectrum in that as well, but it needs to start with your mindset of, you know what? There's somebody who's better at this than I am and recognizing how to find those people and collaboration like the groups we're in. You could find really good people who come highly recommended. And then there's also that not only social proof, but that social, I would say, I don't want to say pressure, but you they're, they're incentivized to do well by you because of all the other people around who are also watching and seeing what's going on, which I think is a, is a good investment for everyone. Yeah. Well, I love what you just said there because it really ties in nicely to the follow-up question to this, which is when you decide that, okay, I'm not going to do this piece. I'm looking for someone to collaborate with, partner with, hire, whatever it is. Uh, what is your go-to source for those types of collaborations or partnerships? And you know, what, are, what do you look for in a collaborator? Yeah, this is another great question. My answer is going to be, it depends on what I'm collaborating on. But Mm -hmm. I would say I look into the groups that I've paid to get into first. So similar like a JVMM or another one I love is the Dynamite Circle. Because these groups contain experts. They contain really good people who most of the time will just give you time to know about what your problem is and even give you great suggestions on how to go forward with it. And then if you wanted to work with them, it's available. So they're not selling you... Like they're not pitching you on anything. They're just more like, Hey, like, have you thought about doing these things? And that speaks more to kind of what you and I, Chuck, were talking about before we started the record. It's I lead with relationship first. Like I don't want to work with anybody tomorrow, today, or any point in the future who I wouldn't want to work with for the rest of my life. So I think it's massively important to start any relationship with that in mind to say, yeah, uh, I, I could see myself working with you. We have similar values because we're in similar groups. And other people I know and trust know and trust you. You're worth learning more about. So I'd start with the questions. I think that's important. Uh, get some clear answers. And then that person will help you develop some type of plan. And if that plan's a good thing, then you're off to the races. But I'd say start with people you know. Uh, networks are robust and helpful. Love it. Very, you know, and and that's where you and I met. And here we are on a podcast and who knows what else that we'll come up with to do in the future. Right. But I think, you know, for me, I just need to know that I, I like the other person first and, you know, we, you're right. We did talk about this. It's more about relationship where so, so many people make it transactional. It's like, Oh, you do this thing for me. And if you do it well, then I will like you. Um, and, that's to me, that's, that is really setting up for disaster. It's like, it's a love hate thing. And that is going to be painful, uh, long-term. Right. So, but it, when, when we come together, we already like each other. It's like, Hey, we get along. Let's, and I do this and you do that. And that seems to go well together. What if we do this thing together? 
then I think that makes sense, right? And it's yes. yeah, it's a fruitful uh, partnership. Absolutely, and 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 long term, then you're not always looking for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, or the next person who can do the. And we're not just using and abusing people and leaving them, uh, <laughs> leaving them looking for for others. And so, uh, it's hard enough to get the good relationships without you know doing that. But you know, the point in all of this is that we want people to look beyond what they can do themselves and start to look for people who they can collaborate with to solve problems in their business. So we've been talking a lot about sales today. You can definitely help solve the sales problem, whether it's a biz dev problem or it's an actual <laughs> sales training problem. Well, and I think calling it the right thing is important because so many people say sales, 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 but that's like a really big word when you really break it down. And that's what I love about what you do, Stephen, is because um, you take a look to see, okay, what systems do you have in place? What presentations do you have in place? Are we even there or are we more on a process development path versus a training path? And so I think that's really, really important because you can't just start throwing sales presentations on top of stuff that doesn't work. Definitely not. Definitely not. If you want to do well, that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you so, want to do well. so, so this has been incredible. And of course, you know, we want to recommend you as someone to collaborate with, especially for anyone listening in here right now, where you might be uh, going through some challenges with sales or even letting go of that and, and hiring people and delegating. Like there's all sorts of different scenarios. Uh, reach out to Steven. All his contact info is there beneath the video. If you're watching this on video, uh, it's there in the show notes. If you are listening to this on a podcast, highly recommend that you uh, reach out to him. And uh, and so, Stephen, I know you have a, a free gift for everybody as well. I just wanted to ask you to uh, share what that is, and we'll make sure that those links are here as well. Yeah, awesome. Again, thank you so much for having me, Chuck. The gift I have for everybody is what I call my presentation planning cheat sheet. If you're going to speak in public, you're doing a sales presentation, make it relatable and make it worth people's time. And this sheet that you can download teaches you how to break down every single part of what you're doing in as little as 25 minutes so that when you present to people, you're giving them something that helps them tell their own story better. Amazing. Well, I highly recommend that everybody goes and gets that. The link is there beneath the video. It's in those show notes there as well. Uh, do go ahead and uh, and get that uh, that free gift. And uh, you know, just before we sign off, I ask this of all my guests because because so much of this has been about learning. You know, the grow growing in business, and our businesses don't grow beyond the extent that we grow ourselves. And uh, you mentioned one book already, but I want to ask you, like, if it, uh, if you had a recommendation for a must-read book that all business owners, all entrepreneurs should read, uh, is eighty twenty rule? Is that your go-to book, or do you have another one that you would no, definitely? That's recommend? A, that's a great book. But uh, there's four books I read every year, and I'm going to suggest one of these. I read it every Q1, and maybe sometimes a second time in a year. And it's the Almanac of Naval Ravikant. He is a investor. I believe he started Angels List. He's built many companies, a very wealthy guy. And there's no fat in this book. 
talks about building businesses, building wealth, making connections with people, having sustainable relationships. It's the most highlighted book I've ever read, dog-eared pages if you like. And every time I reread it, I find something new in it that I can take and use in my life every time. So I think without a doubt, that's one of the best books I've ever read. And I think every entrepreneur or human, for that matter, can gain a lot of wisdom and insight for how to live a better, more fulfilled life, whether you choose to have your own business or have a great family or whatever your thing is. It really helps you get on center with a thesis around that. So the Almanac of Naval Ravikant, available for free on the website as well. Oh, amazing. Well, not only have I not read it, I've never heard of it. And I always find, <laughs> but you sold it so well that now that has to be the next one that I go and read. So I, I'm definitely going to take you up on that recommendation. And what I find fascinating about this question, thank you for answering it so well, um, is that everyone kind of has their own go to that they really, really love. And we're kind of building a list, a bit of a library, actually, uh, where one day we're going to take all the, the video clips of this and we're going to say, like, Stephen recommends this book and here's why. And and uh, so thank you for playing and um, recommending such an, I mean, I'm fascinated right now. I'm going to have to go check that out immediately. So uh, you know thank you. you. Yes, definitely. Well, we'll definitely be talking again, Stephen. Um, this, is, this has been wonderful. Uh, I feel like I've got to know a lot more about, you know, not only what you do, but how you do it and what your approach is. And it just seems to make so much sense to me. So uh, <laughs> thank you. And so, th and I can't wait to recommend you to uh, our family and our, uh, our community as well. So thank you so much for being an amazing guest on the show. And uh, for everyone listening in, do grab Stephen's gift and reach out to Stephen. All the contacts are there. And so he's uh, is going to be a great person for you to collaborate with. And I look forward to doing more with you uh, as well. So uh, so with that, we've come to the end of the episode, Stephen. Uh, so sad, but also joyous as well, because that just gives us an opportunity to book another meeting in, a, in another time. Uh, if you were to leave our audience with just one final piece of advice or words of wisdom, uh, what would you tell them? Overcome less. Overcome less. Yeah. Wow. I might have to ponder that for the rest of the day. <laughs> so yes. that's fascinating. So thank those are great words to end the, the you know, this episode by. And now that we've blown everyone's minds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So thank you, Stephen. Thank you to our audience. Again, make sure that this time spent has been time well spent and hasn't been for any, nothing. Pick one action item that you can um, that you can take action on today because you listened to this episode. Maybe it's reaching out to Stephen. Maybe it's getting his free gift. Maybe it's something else that you wrote down in your notes. Do that thing today. Keep moving forward in your pursuit of your big dreams and your business growth goals and bringing that big idea to the world that's going to help all of us. And thank you so much for that. Uh, in the meantime, this has been Chuck Anderson with the Creative Collaboration Show. My guest has been uh, Stephen Steers, and we'll see you on the next one, everybody. See ya. Like and comment and subscribe to the channels as well. Great advice. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by the Collaborators Toolkit. 
If you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, our free Collaborators Toolkit contains the best resources from our workshops as well as contributions from our guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday business challenges and to access highly effective ideas that can grow your business exponentially. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to our show. You can get free instant access to the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting our website at www.collaboratorsunite.com forward slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Register today and I'll see you on the inside.